All right. Uh, hey, like I said, my name is Paul uh, slash PJ Dacus, one of the elders slash pastors. Uh, hey, so we're going to be continuing our way through the book of Ephesians. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to be through uh, 11 through 18 today, as you uh, just heard. So uh, it's, it's been a couple, uh, it's been a minute since I've been up here. Who, who was here the last time that I preached? Who here remembers the main point of my sermon? What was that? Ooh, man. All right. I was hoping nobody would so I could have a point to say. Yes, peace. So it's actually, it was Paul's practical pathway to perfect peace. Gideon, what was that whole, uh, you just, did you memorize the verse? Can you just read it out for us? But it's okay. Philippians 4, 4 through 7. So this is Paul's, not my Paul, but Paul from the Bible, uh, Paul's practical pathway to perfect peace. And that was uh, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be made known to everyone. Uh, the Lord is at hand, and do not be anxious, but through uh, prayer and supplication, make your request, and with thanksgiving, make your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, like Gideon said, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So that was Paul's practical pathway to perfect peace. So P was the letter. So today I got some feedback from some of the, who are, where are my note takers? I asked this last time. I've got a few. I got some feedback that y'all like hearing those up front. So it was a P last time. Today it is going to be the letter B. B is what it's going to be. So hang with me. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of give you up front what we're going to be talking about. Uh, so the first one, talking about biblical big butts. <laughs> Get your minds out of the gutter. Biblical big butts. Brought near by blood. Breaking down barriers and both being reconciled. So those, that's kind of the over. So if you want to write those down, feel free. Those are what we're going to be going through today. Uh, one other thing. So a little inside baseball to how uh, us pastors, preachers work through these sermons. So these are the things that we're trying to answer. Every time we look at the text and every time we preach, these are the questions that we're trying to answer. So I thought we would uh, bring it to y'all. This is a great way to is you're just going through Scripture uh, asking these questions to get more. Like if you're like, okay, I've read this and I don't really know uh, what to do with it. These are great questions to ask. And so this is what I'm going to attempt to answer through our text today. So is, uh, in this passage, who is God? So in, in, this, in this specific passage, what can we see about God? What has he done? What's the action that he's done in this, in this passage? Uh, who are we? What does the Bible say about us? What do we do? Are we called to uh, move with our head our hearts or our hands. Those are the big three things that we're looking for. And then how do we do it? So what's the practical application? How do we move forward from there? So who, who is God? What has he done? Who are we? What do we do? And how do we do it? So, All right, I'm going to jump into the scripture. Uh, I'm going to read through it and then uh, pray. So I just want you to uh, just take this in and then we'll pray and we'll jump right into it. So this is Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 11, therefore, remember that in one time, you Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcision, by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at, at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one 
and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Let me pray. God, I do ask today, first I just thank you for your word. Thank you that we get to come to your word, that we have, uh, again, the true north uh, and all the lies of the world, that we get to come to your word as truth. God, would you just speak this truth to us, speak it to our hearts, uh, show us what to do with this, and that we get just, just to get rest in your word and your truths. Pray this in your son's name. Amen. All right, so verse 11, starting there. So, therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision which is made in the flesh by hand. So let's stop and talk about circumcision. It's not weird if you're in a hospital or if you're in a church. So this is the... When we talk about circumcision versus uncircumcision, so the big thing is Jew versus Gentile. So Jew, God's chosen people, and Gentile, everybody else. So say, everybody else. I've been in Memphis long enough that I can say that now, I think. I don't know. Everybody else. So, so here's what was going on at this time. So Jews and Gentiles were enemies, right? So they, uh, Jews believed that Gentiles were literally born to fuel, the, uh, the, the, uh, fuel hell, essentially. And uh, it was actually unlawful for Jews to aid uh, Gentile women and giving birth because that would be bringing in a heathen into the world. So, and then the, the Gentiles saw the Jews as, as enemies as well. So there's massive, massive just division between uh, these people. So this is one thing that I thought was very interesting in here. So it says, um, I skip ahead there, there we go. Uh, Therefore, remember at one time that you Gentiles in the flesh called, quote, the uncircumcision by what is called, and other translations say the so-called. So by what is called, or by the so-called circumcision. So that's kind of what Paul's saying is, is that the, it'd be like saying you were called the non-Christians by the so-called Christians. That makes sense? So the, the so-called circumcised, that was an outward expression, but their hearts were not made new by God. So just remember that as we, as we move forward. So true circumcision was God changing the heart. So verse 12, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. So who knows here when you get to a therefore, like in verse 11, therefore in the Bible, what do you do? What's that? Yeah, so what's the therefore, therefore? So what, uh, from last week, we knew we had uh, but God being rich in mercy, and that was what God was telling us who we are, right? Paul was telling us who we are in Christ. So now we have the therefore, and what we said, what is the therefore, therefore, what comes next is going to be extremely important. So what's the next thing right after the therefore? Remember. Therefore, remember. So he's calling us to remember. So here's the five things that we get in this miracle. That's because I'm off. There we go. So here we go. So, therefore, you were separated from Christ, alienated, strangers to the covenant, had no hope, and without God in the world. 
So what that is, is, is if you were a Christian, this is remember, it's telling you to remember, remember before the cross, here's what you were. You were all of these things. You were separated from Christ. What does that mean? You were dead. And actually, this is also, if you were not in, uh, in Christ today, this is describing you now. And if you haven't heard that, but I love you enough to tell you this is where you're at now. It's, it's not a good picture, but it's, you are separated from Christ. You are dead, no savior. You are alienated. It says alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. That means that you are without God, without his benefits. You were strangers to the covenant, so you didn't actually have any of the promises of God. And as we, as we talked about last week, you were uh, hostile to God, right? They were children of wrath. Do you remember that? Children of wrath. So this is describing where you're at. You had no hope, no purpose without the grace of God and then without God in the world. Because back then there were a lot of gods, right? And still today we have those little g gods, right? Those things that we think are God or things that we look to for security. Uh, but those are the little g gods and you were without God. So all these things, separated, alienated, strangers, no hope without God in the world, it paints a really bleak picture. That's why I love this past song, or the song that we just sang, said, in the darkness, we were waiting without hope, without light. And that's, that's where you are. That's where we were before the cross. So remember that. And if you're not in Christ, that's where you are now. It's not a good picture. Who here is feeling uplifted so far? Right? It's like, man. But, talking about big butts, right? Big, big butt. Cannot lie. You other brothers cannot deny. But now... In Christ Jesus, this is the really, really good news. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Somebody better say amen to that. But, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So far off is not talking about like you were almost there, like you almost had God. You were infinitely far off. The chasm was so wide from this holy God to you dead in your sins, the chasm was far too wide. You were as far off as far off can get. And he brings us near. Like that's insane that he does that. And so that's from the next verse from that song. Till from heaven you came running, there was mercy in your eyes. I won't sing it for y'all, I promise. I'm not Scott. <laughs> Who here has ever been, uh, had true sensory deprivation? Like total blackness. Anybody been there? Or like done one of those tanks? One, maybe? Okay. So yeah, so I picture this as like we are in the woods. Like we're, in the, we're deep in the woods, total blackness, cannot see anything. And then all of a sudden Jesus comes running with a flashlight. Like you can't do anything. You're not going to run the other direction. Like you stay put and you let Jesus come to you. That's what he says. He brings you near. He goes into the woods and brings you out. So don't forget where we came from. <laughs> All right, verse 14, so this is where we're getting into the breaking down barriers. For he himself is our peace. Say this with me, it's so good. Say, for he himself is our peace. Maybe a little bit louder. For he himself is our peace. It's so good. Who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace. The reason I say that he himself is such a strong statement here. So he himself is our peace. So we talked about peace. There's a couple different kinds of peace in the Bible, right? So this one 
He himself, meaning he is giving us peace with God. We talked about before the peace of God. Those are the things that we get from God. This is Jesus being our peace with God. Peace with God. So he breaks down the barrier. He gives us peace. We were enemies. We are now uh, have peace with God. It's huge. So what about peace of God? So uh, name a place around here that uh, when, you're, when you eat there, uh, let's say for lunch, you're not thinking about dinner. What's a, what's a restaurant or somewhere that you eat? What is it? Red, oh my gosh, Red Koi. All right. Yeah, so Red Koi. Uh, what do I, Larissa, what do I get there? I get the, what is it, so the Jaguar roll, is that what it is? I don't know, I can't remember. Anyway, but it's just like, yeah, Red Koi, you just like, you got this beautiful, oh gosh, cream cheese, you got salmon, avocado, maybe that's just my, I mean, they, they got the like crunchy stuff on top, and the, the eel sauce, and like, you, they just give you a good amount of it. Um, I blocked out, what am I talking about? Um, yeah, so when you walk out of Red Koi, or, you know, a bar- barbecue or something like that, and you're not thinking about the next meal, it's because you're full, right? You're full. And so this, the peace of God, is similar. That's a terrible example of it. But when you're full of Jesus, you're not worried. So the, the, Greek, the Greek word is shalom, uh, meaning wholeness and fullness. And the, the or excuse me, the, uh, he, that was Hebrew. The Greek word is irene, which is your, uh, the fullness and without worry. So I want us to think about that. So we get the peace with God and the peace of God all from this man, Jesus. So he doesn't just offer peace, but he himself is peace. So now let's talk about the dividing wall. So going back, it talks about by abolishing the law, or excuse me, uh, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. So what is this dividing wall uh, that we that is speaking of, that Paul's speaking of here? So uh, dividing wall, we see three, a few different things uh, for that time. So the social, racial, and political uh, wall. So like we said, there's animosity. There's the, between Jews and Gentiles, right? Not, not good, uh, good times between them. Uh, so he's going to break down that wall. The Jewish laws. So uh, some of you might have kind of questioned, if, you, if this is the first time hearing this, maybe hearing from a different part of Scripture. Um, it says, by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances. So doesn't it say that in another part in Matthew that he came and he fulfilled the law. So what he's talking about here is that Jesus came and he abolished the ceremonial law. So that's the things like you know, the, uh, the diet laws, the clothing laws, the Sabbath. Those are all things that, that he abolished, but he fulfilled the moral law. So the, the, the Ten Commandments, all those things, he fulfilled them so that we get to do them. We get to obey now, but we are not condemned by them. Is it making sense? And then last is the physical wall to the temple. And I'm, I am not an artist, but I'm going to attempt to draw this out because I think it kind of explains uh, the three big parts of this, uh, this passage here. So the physical wall to the temple. We'll see how this works out and if you all can read it here. So, can you all see that maybe? All right, so here is the temple. So in the temple, you had the priests. Which, so this is like, yeah, this is in in the middle of the temple, and then you had what's here, the Holy of Holies. And what was different about the Holy, so the Holy of Holies was where God's presence was. And so this line here is the veil. You've probably heard of this before. So the, the veil is, uh, the, it's the barrier between the, the priests and the Holy of Holies, where God's presence was. Now, for the priests, 
there was the high priest who once a year he went in to God's presence and what he would, he would have to be perfectly clean, perfectly in, uh, in this, the ceremonial clothing and he went and made sacrifices. And if he didn't, so he actually walked in with a rope around him and if he didn't, wasn't perfect, didn't get all the impurities out, what would God do? Does anybody know? Strike, Strike him dead. So he would like, can you imagine? So uh, we'll kind of do this. So the cross is where God's presence is. And imagine a giant veil here. And this veil is super thick. Like it is like you can't, you can barely move this thing. And so here would be the priest. And once a year he would go in and he would be tying a rope. Can, so can you imagine being that second guy? You're like holding the rope. It's kind of like when you're on call, right? And then all of a sudden like it goes, you're like, oh, like it's my, my time, I guess. But so he would go in. If he was not perfect, he would be struck dead by God. And because God is infinitely perfect, holy, and just. So that was the, uh, the temple there. So now, this is not how it actually was, but I'm drawing boxes because I can't draw. I should have had my sister up here. Um, all right, so now you had the inner courts, and this is, there was another dividing line here between Jewish women and Jewish men. So even to get, uh, before the temple, you had this uh, area where it was the Jewish men could come in, but the Jewish women could only go up to a certain point. So that would be like, in here, Y'all are dudes, and the women had to stay out there in the foyer. So that was called the inner court. So if that was the inner courts, what would this, oh my gosh, technology, here we go. You might have to help me out back there. This, y'all got that. What do we have here? Now that was the priest, the holy of holies. All right, Jewish women, Jewish men. So that was the inner courts. What would be this then? Outer courts, thank you. So this is where the Gentiles could go. So again, so if this was the Holy of Holies and this was the priests and these were the Jewish men and those were the uh, Jewish women out there, outside of the doors who couldn't even come in the doors, that's be, that would be where the Gentiles would be. And then we had one more which was outside and this is where the third like the third-class citizens would have to go. So they wouldn't even be allowed in the parking lot. So just to get a visual. So when it's talking about how he, uh, he, abol- he breaks down these barriers, first what God does and what, what Jesus did on the cross is he's going to take all of these people and he's going to reconcile us to each other. So he's going to make one new man, one new race. There's not Jew or Gentile. There's just one man. He's going to give us access to the Father. So imagine, and literally when Jesus died, you know, it said the ground shook and the veil was torn. And so now we have access to the Father. So, so he's literally breaking down each of these physical barriers, but it's representing the, the spiritual barriers to God. Make sense? Where was I at? So this is also, though, the same God. So it's not, so the same God that would just strike people dead for their impurities is the same God that we get to go to today. So our only reaction should be, to bow down, but it's not on us to be impure, it's on Jesus. This is, what, this is how big and how weighty this is, is because Jesus was the one who fulfilled this for us, that we get access to God. So one new man, one race, one people, all in the family of God. Pretty awesome. All right, verse 16. Both are reconciled. So, uh, and might reconcile us both, to God in one body, like we just talked about, through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. 
And he came and preached peace to you who are far off and peace to those who are near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So again, like we talked there, he preached peace. He preached himself. He gave us peace with God. Because that's our biggest issue, right? Our biggest issue is that we need peace with God, and he fulfilled that. Jesus fulfilled that. But he also preached the peace of God to what those who were far off and to those who were near. Got another drawing for you here. So I think that we come uh, ultimately in two, two camps, and you all will be very impressed by my, my drawings here. So we all come to God from one or two ways. We're going to call this one the rebel. We're going to call this the religious. All right, so the rebel. So the rebel is, again, kind of go along with this Jew-Gentile. So uh, I want us to think about which camp were you in or are you in. So the rebel comes in. This is ultimately I am the one who decides what is true, what's untrue. So maybe I do actually read the Bible, but ultimately I'm going to be the one who's deciding what's true and what's not true. Uh, I'm the arbiter of truth in this case. Or I don't even care about the Bible, and I'm just going to do what I want. As long as I feel good, I decide what's, I decide what's right and wrong. So uh, that's, who, that's who the rebel would be. The religious. So this is someone who uh, maybe has grown up in the church. Maybe this is more identified bold down here in the South. Grown up in the church, and then... They, they realize this thing called grace. I guess backing up, so religious would be, I can do, uh, I'm doing enough so that I am, uh, um, I, I, if I do enough, then I can earn God's favor, essentially. So uh, like I don't cuss, I don't drink, I, I attend church. Uh, like I'm a really good person. So that's what the religious side would be, moralistic, legalistic. So um, now, here's how we come to the cross. So uh, on the rebel side, they come, so both have access, right? We just talked about the Jews and Gentiles both have access to the cross because of the cross. We have access to God. The rebel comes and finds Jesus, and then here's what happens sometimes is that we go from rebel to the cross over to religious, right? So we get there, we're like, I can't have fun anymore. I got God, and now I'm just going to go on the religious side, right? Sometimes it's the other way around where we have the religious, you grew up, in, uh, in church with rules and all that, and you go to the cross and you find this thing called grace, the grace of, uh, the grace of God through the church. And you're like, wait, all these things I thought I couldn't do, all of a sudden I can do now, right? Because of the grace of God, I can, I can do all those things. And so we end up going over to the rebel side. Sounds like Star Wars. So here's the truth. For the rebel and for the religious, both the answer is Jesus. The answer is the cross, like what Jesus did for us is where we need to stay. Because for the rebel, your only hope, like we just read about, like you have no hope in this life. But if you have Jesus, you're resting on Jesus. And for the religious, you cannot make yourself righteous. You have to rely on what Jesus did. So my call for us is to stay at the cross. So go to the cross, stay at the cross. So again, first God reconciles us to each other, right? Then he reconciles us to God. So we both have access uh, to the cross. So this is really good news for us who are in the everybody or the all, uh, all crowd. Amen?
and might reconcile us both in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. Through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So I just ask today, do you feel and are you far off from God? I think about that today. Are you far off? And hear the good news that you can be brought near. You can be brought near today through Jesus. Not from what you do, but through Jesus. See, we all have this central problem, which is sin. We all have that problem. The, the religious, the rebellious, we all have that problem. But the answer is always the cross. And so I just plead with us today that we rest. Because as your pastor, like I go... It's probably scary to admit this. I go from rebel and religious, right? Is anybody else with me there? Like, it's like go back and forth, right? But the answer is always going back to the cross. I know I'm beating this dead horse, but it's just so good. It's so good that we can. We have access to the Father through this. So the veil is torn. Literally, that veil was torn, and both have peace. Both have access to uh, to the holy, holy God today through Jesus. So I told you I'd answer these questions. So who is God? So in this, in this passage, who is God? God is perfect. He's holy. He requires perfection, but he's also near. So he's an unchangeable God, right? He's the unchangeable God, the same one that, that struck people dead for not being perfect, He's the one that's near to you. Why? Because of Jesus. What has he done? Jesus broke down these barriers. He unites us to each other. So we are no longer, like we you see all these race issues and all those things. Like we, if you are in the body of Christ, we are all one family. We're all one family in Christ. So he broke down those barriers. He unites us to each other. And then he unites us, uh, most importantly, to himself through Jesus. Who are we? We are a divided and rebellious people who were once far off but are brought near by the blood of Christ. What do we do? This one might be a little bit more personal, but I, I think that, or to, to each of you, but I think we, through this scripture, we remember where we were. So remember where you were. And, and I, I think I've said this before, but uh, for those who uh, think they have a boring testimony, like, you know, I just grew up in church and it's just kind of like, I don't know when, like, again, you're not relying on your testimony. You're relying on what does the Scripture say? What does Scripture say? The, the Scriptures say that this is your testimony, that you were dead, you were alienated, you were hostile to God, and but because of Jesus, you are made new. That's your testimony. So if you ever feel, I felt that before, like I grew up, uh, by the grace of God, I grew up in the church, and then I was kind of like, well, I didn't have like this crazy, I, I did have a kind of a crazy transition, but... Um, but I still felt like, well, there was like, there was kind of this slow movement. It's like, well, it's not, it's not on me. It's on Jesus. It's always about Jesus. It's his testimony is what we rely on. So remember that we were separated. That's what we do. And that we can now be at peace with God. And how do we do it? We don't graduate from the gospel. We don't graduate from the gospel. We don't graduate from the cross. You don't get there and then move into the next camp. You get there and you stay and you rest. Rest in what God has done. So that's my one call to you this morning. It's just to rest in Jesus. You know, I, I had all these notes, and uh, I went through it pretty quickly. Uh, I, in fact, I, when I got up here, I was like, man, maybe I should just 
throw these all out and just read the scripture for the next hour. Like, just literally read it. Because it's like, what else can I say? Like, it is so good. So the, the one thing I ask for, for y'all, like, practically to do, how do we, or what do we do and how do we do it, set that time and go back and read this this week. Would y'all do that for me? Like, say, like, literally, you could just take out your phone and say, like, hey, Siri, remind me to read Ephesians 2, 11 through 18 at some point. Please do it. Like, I, I'm not going to give the best, the best sermon more than Paul could, but go back and read. It's so, so good. It's the gospel. So I'll close us, uh, if the band wants to come up, I'll close us by asking this uh, to y'all. Are you near or are you far from God this morning? Are you near or are you far from God this morning? This is just between you and the Lord. I'm going to give us just a minute to pray individually. I want you to really just think about that. Just take a minute between you and God, and I'll close this in prayer. But um, what do you need to do today to realize maybe God's pulling on, your, pulling on your heart? Maybe he's trying to bring you back to himself. Out of all the, the craziness of this week, I actually thought since there's so many people here, maybe everyone's out of power and we're just here for the heat or something. It's good to, good to see a full, a full group. But um, just take a moment between you and God. What's that truth that you need to rely on today? So I'll give us a minute, and then I'll pray, and we'll close it out.